Well, this morning I want to talk to you about what the coming of Jesus has to do with your joy. Uh, the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy, for unto you is born a Savior. I think we all understand what joy is, and we know that Christ was born in Bethlehem. I don't think we understand very well the linkage between joy and Christ, the absolute linkage between joy and Christ. Why is there great joy for us in the birth of Christ? Uh, how do we connect to this joy? How do we get that joy into our hearts and live in it just through life, through daily life? Uh, many people do see the, the birth of Christ as a, sort of a seasonal joy or a sentimental joy, but they do not see the weight, uh, the power, the greatness of this joy. They, they don't see it as big enough to actually overcome real pain and disappointment and sorrow and sadness, but it is. Uh, several years ago, uh, we were closing one of our elders' deacons' meetings with a time of prayer for some various people in the church. We prayed for one family that was really deeply discouraged. And I'll never forget a prayer that my son Luke prayed for this couple. He said, I pray that they would see that they have a hope so big that it overwhelms their despair. That is the answer. We have a hope so big. We have a joy so big that it overwhelms everything else about life. Spurgeon said, the gospel is above all things intended to promote and will abundantly create the greatest possible joy in the human heart. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. That's our goal this morning, the greatest possible joy in the human heart. And if the Holy Spirit helps me speak and opens your heart and mine, all of us together, we're going to see how it can do that this morning. Well, and first, uh, we need to understand what I'm going to call the logic of joy. We need to understand the reason for great joy. And it's given to us by the angel. I bring you good news of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There is great joy for us because of something because we have been given a savior a savior comes to do things for us or this savior announced by the angel comes to do things for us that will make us supremely and deeply happy so we are not seeking to build good emotions we're not seeking to build just positive happy emotions out of thin air there are solid reasons for you and I to be deeply happy about being given a savior. And so, to the degree that we understand what being, a give, being given a Savior means, to that degree and only to that degree will we begin to live a deeply joyful life. I don't know, I think you can probably identify with this, uh, but I'm going to try it. Have you ever been given a gift and at first you had no idea what it was for? And because you didn't understand it, you weren't all that excited, even if you pretended to be, about the gift. But then something changed. You understood how it worked, what it was for. And you thought, 
Man, this is a really cool gift. I love this. You know, several years ago, um, Alyssa gave me something. For, I don't know if it was for Father's Day or my birthday or whatever. It was something called Everyman Jack Shaving Cream. Never heard of it. Looked to me like a tube of black toothpaste. Uh, but then I started using it, and uh, that's all I ever use now. I've reordered it, and I, I love it. Well, I think that is precisely uh, the situation many people are in when they hear these words, unto you a Savior is given. If that statement lacks meaning or depth, then it lacks joy. The key to greater joy is greater comprehension of what being given a Savior means. You know, at the time of Jesus' birth, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who got it. Luke said he was righteous and devout. He was eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. Luke said the Holy Spirit was upon him and that the Spirit led him to the temple so that when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Lord God, now let your servant die in peace for I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all the people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people Israel. So now I can die in peace. I am totally happy, perfectly satisfied. Now just let me die. Other people saw the baby Jesus and had no reaction. Simeon saw Jesus and he saw the salvation of God. He saw the light of the world and the glory of Israel. And he was overwhelmed with perfect satisfaction, complete peace and joy, even in dying. And he was ready to die because he comprehended Jesus. Many of us need the Simeon revelation. Probably all of us need a greater degree of the Simeon revelation. We need to see the light and the glory of Jesus. Uh, We need to comprehend the joy and the wonder of what it means to have a Savior. A Savior was born for you, to you, for us. A Savior has been born. And we need to comprehend that. Now, to understand why being given a Savior is such good good news of great joy, I think we have to go way back to the beginning. So, this, this is important, I believe. We have to go back to the beginning to understand what joy is and where it comes from and why people are starved for it. Joy comes from God. And the only reason there is any joy at all in the world is because God is a joyful God. And we were made in his image. It's, joy is one of the attributes of God. Uh, Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. This 
is the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of God. It belongs to him. God is joyful. His joy, his joy is our strength. He is where we go to get it. And saints all down through the ages have known this secret. David said, in his presence or in your presence, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forever. Psalm 43, 4 I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. Or, New American Standard, I will go to God, my exceeding joy. And the first human beings that were created, Adam and Eve, they knew this joy in God. I find it very interesting, this passage out of Job, where God said to Job, When I laid the foundations of the earth, the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy and that was probably referring to the angels but all the sons of God I mean it's like you get this picture that at creation you know the stars are singing for joy the sons of God the angelic creation is shouting for joy it's just there's just joy because God is the source of joy and that was the great joy of God that Adam and Eve were brought into but as we know, there was a problem almost immediately. Adam and Eve lost this joyful fellowship or intimacy with God when they ate the fruit from the forbidden tree. Immediately, curses replaced blessings. Pain and difficulty and sorrow replaced joy. Uh, Ryan Lister, author of a very good book called The Presence of God, said, Sin hinders everything now, especially man's experience of God's presence. Because of their disobedience, Adam and Eve are now exiles. Their mission is in shambles as they stand outside of Eden. The presence of God they once knew freely is no longer free. And so they became strangers to God, separated from God, strangers to the perfect joy of the Father. And so did all people who were born from Adam. And that, that is why there's why people are starved for for joy but then Jesus was born to be our savior as the angel announced to the shepherds that night and that changed everything he was born to save us he was born to save us from ruin and judgment and to bring us back into God's presence as I've shared several times, J.I. Packer defines salvation like this. Salvation always means to be rescued from jeopardy and misery so that one is now safe. So in other words, Jesus came to remove from us the doom of judgment. He came to remove us from jeopardy. He came to remove us from the doom of judgment for our sins and to bring us into the safety of of salvation. He also came to remove from us the misery of our sin and to bring us into the joy of salvation. Alistair Begg said, the fantastic story of Christmas is that God has come in the person of Jesus, stepped down into time in order to provide the answer to the predicament that we all face. And if we understand what a terrible predicament we were in, both under judgment and in misery due to sin, both. If we understand the depth and the 
complete um, horror, the doom of, of that predicament, then we will begin to understand or comprehend why it's great news to be saved out of that. So, as, as Paul said, we were once far off, but Jesus brought us near. Uh, he reopened the access to the Father that we lost at the fall. He reopened paradise. He brought us back to God, the fountain of life and joy forever. He opened the door to great joy. And essentially, and we're going to look at several other reasons, but essentially there is joy in his birth, in Christ's coming, because Jesus accomplished 100% of all that was necessary to restore us to the joy of the Father. You know, Isaiah described uh, humanity as, he, he described it as people sitting in darkness. I, I love that description. It's such, it's, it's an incredible word picture. He described it as peop, humanity as people sitting in darkness and distress and gloom. And then he said in Isaiah chapter 8, but the people who walk in darkness will see a great light and the people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. The child born for us delivers us from the gloom and brings us into this state of rejoicing. And that's why so much of the emphasis in the Bible about Christ's coming and about him being born and about our salvation and all that results from that, so much of it is about joy. That is the ultimate object of us that we would know true and lasting eternal joy in God and with, with our Father. Well, who is this great joy for? Uh, in Luke 2, the angel announced this great joy to shepherds, but of course it wasn't only for shep- shepherds, but there's something I think very significant in the fact that this great joy was aimed at or brought to a specific kind of people, a spe- people in a specific uh, lot in life, a specific o- occupation, shepherds. Uh, you know, in our Christmas plays and nativity scenes, we portray shepherds, or we think of shepherds at least, as very special people. But in that day, shepherds were the outcasts of society. Uh, If you know the story of Joseph, uh, when Joseph brought his family down into Egypt, uh, he told told his his brothers, his father, his family, family members, he said, uh, hey, when Pharaoh asks you your occupation, tell him, tell him you are shepherds, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. And because of that, if you tell him you're shepherds, he's going he's to let you go live in this land called Goshen because he won't, you want, he won't want you anywhere near him because <laughs> he, considers, he considers you loathsome, an abomination. So, Again, I I think this is such a a beautiful uh, way of communicating to us 
that Jesus comes to bring great joy for outcasts, uh, for ordinary people. He comes to bring great joy for people who other people think are an abomination. And, you, you know, may, maybe you only have one other person in your life that thinks you're an abomination, but it doesn't feel very good. And Jesus came for you. He came for uh, all people in all situations. You know, Jesus said, uh, the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to comfort those who mourn, to release prisoners from darkness, uh, to provide for those who grieve. He's, 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 he said, I, I came and I, I came to give, bring great joy to people that are in a lot of bad situations and bad places. Jesus didn't say, I am, I'm sorry, but I can only save and I can only give joy to people who are already doing pretty well mentally, emotionally, financially, people who already have pretty good homes and good habits. No, he said, I, I came to the lowest, to the poorest, to the, to the worst off, to the outcasts. And I'm afraid sometimes, you know, we even, we, we even lie to ourselves about this, or we tell ourselves a falsehood. We tell ourselves that we can't have joy until we have worked through all the pain and failure and sin in our past. But joy does not come from getting ourselves figured out. It comes from God. It comes from being right with God and being near to God. It comes from having Jesus as Savior. That is the source of great joy. I bring you good news of great joy. For unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is more than sufficient for our joy. He really is no matter what our situation in life. The great joy of being given a Savior was sufficient to make shepherds happy. It's sufficient to make divorced people happy, single people, married people, people in broken families, people in dire straits of all kinds. We do, yes, we do experience grief and disappointment in this world. But those are places we walk through, not where we land. Christ came to give us beauty for ashes, joy for our mourning and praise for our despair. Well, how does this deep happiness or joy, how does this begin with the birth of Christ? Or, or why is it so tied in with the birth of Christ? Um, why do we have this great joy just knowing that Christ was born, a Savior was given to us. Well, it's because uh, Christ's birth is what sets in motion our full salvation and, and all the wonders and benefits of it. And we're going to look at a few of those. So, first, there is joy for us in the birth of Jesus because in Jesus, God comes to us not to judge us as our sins deserve, but to save us, he comes as our Savior. <laughs> there is now, therefore, no, now, 
excuse me, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who, who will bring any charge against God's elect? God himself is the one who justifies. Who is there to condemn us? For Christ Jesus, who died and was raised to life, he is at the right hand of God, and he is interceding for us. So the joy of salvation is in no longer being under God's wrath, but in having God as our fierce defender and friend. There is joy because Jesus saved us, saves us from, he comes to save us from the bondage and the misery of continuing to live in sin. Jesus said everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Uh, John said Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil in our lives. What is the works of the devil? It's sinning. He says in that same passage, the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Jesus came to destroy that work of sinning in your life and in mine. And whatever sin has held you in its grip, Christ comes as Savior to release you from it. And that's cause for joy. There is joy because Jesus introduces us or brings us into the new covenant relationship with God. And I know maybe not everybody may understand that initially, but, you know, when Jesus, uh, at the Last Supper, when he took the, the cup and the bread, um, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. It's a completely new, solemn agreement that God has made with us through Jesus coming as our Savior. And so Jesus, in essence of the new covenant, Jesus set us free from the old covenant. Jesus set us free from the law, which could not change us, and he gave us his spirit, which could change us. And could make us into a new person. What the, uh, Paul said in Romans 8, what the law was powerless to do, God did by sending his son so that the righteous standard of the law might now be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Hallelujah. Wow, if you've ever, been, if you've ever tried to walk under the law, it's, a great, it's cause for great joy when you know that Jesus came to save you out from underneath that and to bring you into this kind of new life. There is no commandment that can make you a new person. There is no law that can create the fruit of love and goodness in you. But now, Romans 7, Paul said, but now we belong to him who was raised from the dead, that's Jesus, <laughs> in order that we might bear fruit for God. He's the only one that can bear fruit in us. And so that we serve him. We serve in the new way of the spirit, not in the old way of the written code. Cause for great joy. It's a wonderful thing to know and live in the freedom that we have in Jesus and to walk in the equipping, energizing, uh, life-giving power of his spirit in our heart. That's cause for great joy. The birth of Jesus also means that we now have a present Savior living with us and in us by His Spirit. Josh covered this beautifully last Sunday. Um, Jesus is Emmanuel. 
There is, he is called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Not that God was with us, it means God is with us. Uh, Jesus came to us not, not he, he didn't come into this world only to live his time on the earth. No, he said, truly, I am with you clear up to the end of the age. He is God with us. Now, because Jesus came into the world, because he was born as a baby, and because he came to us as our Savior, and, and all that flows out of that, because Jesus came, it is never just you. Anywhere you are, anywhere you're doing, anything you're doing, it is never just you. It is never just you and the dishes. It is never just you and your coffee. It is never just you and that problem. It is never just you and that temptation or emptiness or sadness. Jesus is with you all the time in all the changing circumstances and needs and emotions of life. And that's cause for, for great joy to have Jesus with us. The birth of Jesus means the complete end of evil and injustice and conflict forever. He is going to make everything peaceful and all right, and he's going to uh, correct or right all wrongs. He's going to correct all injustices, uh, Isaiah 9-7. He is the prince of peace, and of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. He will establish his throne with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forever. You know, there's a cry in our human heart for things to be made right. Um, there's just so much uh, cruelty and injustice and hurts and wrongs and things that are done. Uh, and Jesus is going to correct all that. It's, it's going to be all right forever. Uh, Russian writer Dostoevsky uh, attempted, uh, not perfectly, but he attempted to, des to describe this future utopia uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that, that I think is about as well as anybody's ever put it. He said, I believe, like a child, that suffering will be healed and made up for, and that all the humiliating absurdity of human contradictions will vanish like a pitiful mirage and that in the world's finale, at the moment of eternal harmony, something so precious will come to pass that it will suffice for all hearts, for the comforting of all resentments, for the atonement of all crimes, that it will make it not only possible to forgive, but justify all that has happened. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. And that's reason to rejoice. He will make all things right. The birth of Jesus means the end of sorrow and grief, depression and gloom, death and disease. Uh, you know, we suffer in a lot of different ways in this world, uh, but one of the biggest ways that we suffer is, is just emotionally. I mean, it's in, our, it's in our feelings, it's in our heart. And the birth of Christ means that all of that is on its way out. Uh, he's, gonna, he's bringing an end to all of that. 
And I can't put it any better than Isaiah, so I'm just going to read what Isaiah said. He, the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, he will destroy the shroud of gloom that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Um, Isaiah 25, 7 through 9. You want to know where that's at? You might say, well, we haven't seen all of that yet, and, and, and we haven't. There's, there's more to come. Uh, but you know, when the shepherds heard the, the good news uh, in the field that night, the news of his birth, I mean, Jesus still was yet to live his 33 years on this earth. He was still yet to be crucified. Certainly, he was still yet to come again and reign and rule uh, on the earth. And yet, there was great joy that night. They were overjoyed. Because joy is, is not only in what we have, but it's in what we believe is coming. And joyful people are people who believe in great things coming because Jesus is Savior and he has come. And we, we all know how this works. I mean, we, we all find joy in looking forward to uh, a trip or maybe in just going out for dinner or whatever it is you like to do. If you know something is ahead of you that you, that, that you enjoy doing, you find joy in that. And if we truly believe, uh, comprehend and believe all that we have now in Christ and all that is coming we will have greater joy. So, this morning, uh, I want to give you an invitation. I want to invite you to pursue great joy with me in Christ. And we do this by continually looking to the good news. Remember, wh what is it that causes joy? It's Good news of great joy for. We, we have, we ha there's good news. There's an announcement that causes or brings great joy. Uh, in fact, the, the NIV says, uh, the angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Joy comes from happy information. You cannot have joy unless you set your mind on the things that produce joy. And so, uh, for us, for us, for us, the big story is not inflation or the economy or the price of gas. It's not uh, Joe Biden or Donald Trump or even the rampant sexual depravity in our culture. The big story is not our personal finances or our family problems and God is concerned about all that. But for us, the big story is that our Savior has come. The serpent slayer has come. 
Uh, Jesus, the Lamb of God, has come, and he, and he was 100% effective in curing our sin problem. Jesus has brought us to God, and in his presence we find fullness of joy. He, he opened the door for us to God. He is the way to the Father, and in his presence there is fullness of joy. So I, th- I think this is really an important uh, principle that just that, I mean, being joyful comes from what you're looking at. Uh, people without joy do not see anything to be joyful about. Uh, the things that they see in their mind give uh, no reason for joy. Uh, people, who, people who are experiencing joy, people with joy are seeing something to be joyful about. And you've heard this quote from me before and from Cindy many times. F.F. Bosworth said, The happiest people on earth are those who are constantly looking at joy-producing realities. (laughs) I mean, that's just another way of saying, I bring you good news of great joy, for unto you a Savior is born. It's, it's, It's good news of great joy, and it produces great joy, because it's a joy-producing reality. Uh, supernatural joy is always a result of using our better set of eyes. And, hey, you know, it's a fight to have joy, and I deeply um, sympathize with any, at any moment, in any time, in, in any place that are struggling to have joy. But I also think we, we, we have, to, if we want to be out of it, if we want to li- come out of that, I think we, we, we have to be honest. And I'm going to tell you this morning that the problem may be as simple as what you're looking at. You're looking at something other than what you should. And the invitation of the gospel is to lift up your eyes to the good news. Uh, the good news of great joy. To lift up your eyes of your heart to better things. The, the joy-producing things of the gospel. And, you know, we all know how this works in small things. Uh, you know, your kids or grandkids uh, say or do some adorable thing, and, you know, you look at that, it produces joy. Or you just see the sunshine on a beautiful warm day, and uh, it, it creates joy. Or whatever, you get a promotion at work, or just something like that. Uh, good food, you enjoy a good meal. It cheer- cheers us up and encourages us. And it's amazing how happy a person can be who keeps themselves focused even on these kind of things. And, and Paul tells us to do that. Set your mind on things that are excellent, that are things that are good, things that are worthy of praise, things that produce joy, right? And the peace of God will be with you. But we have much bigger things than this to set our heart and mind on. We have really big joys in Christ. And set your mind on him and them and it will increase the joy in your heart. You know, one more thing. Uh, I recently read a quote that said, joy is a deliberate act of obedience in response to what God has done for us in Christ. Uh, There is great joy for us in him. Would we all agree with that? I mean, you know, there is. We we may need to comprehend it more. You know, we may, may need a greater revelation of it more, and we pray for that, all that. But, but there also comes a point where we just have to deliberately choose. I, I'm going wa- to be a person, I'm going to be a boy or a girl, a man or a woman who walks in the joy of the Lord. 
that's where, that's where I want to walk. That's what, where I want to live. That's what I want my address to be. I want to walk in, I want to stay in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I want to rejoice in Him. I really believe that some people get used to being a, a sad Christian or being a defeated Christian or a gloomy or sullen Christian. It, it's, it's just almost kind of like a role uh, that we played for so long uh, that it's become a habitual way of life and we don't really know anything different. And I'm not, I'm not condemning anyone for that. I'm kind of saying like Jesus said, um, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. <laughs> Change things. Uh, you know, this morning would be a good time to decide to break free from that, and you can. Uh, God has given us enough good news in Christ to give us great joy. And now we must uh, daily make that deliberate choice to look at the great news, the good news, the great news of the gospel which produces great joy in our hearts and, and to, to pursue uh, to pursue a, a lifestyle a, a lifetime of daily walking in that alright let's stand and pray